Welcome back to Bleacher Brawls, the home of the greatest rivalry in professional sports between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. We have another Sunday night, Monday morning episode coming at you with our normal Sunday night, Monday morning crew. My name is Patrick. I'm here with John and Luke and Derek. We're going to talk all the things that we normally talk. A little Sox, a little Yanks, a little Major League Baseball at large, a little World Baseball Classic coming up. Um, all the stuff that we normally talk about on the show. But first, I want to start with each of these guys, catch up with them, see how they're doing, and uh, get their first pitch, as we call it. John, there Pat, is no... Pat, hold up. I think I would like you to give your first pitch first because I, based on what I've seen, it appears that you have enrolled your dog in a cult, and <laughs> I need some answers okay. as far as this. Why are people reading stories to your dog okay okay so number one i was gonna start with john who has real news this week okay uh but apparently this is more important um so what taylor did not disclose so what what luke is referring to is 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 my girlfriend taylor posted um sunny our dog his his day at doggy day camp yesterday what she did not disclose is that it's just pet smart like it's not it's not like a fancy dog spa or something we got a dog or we got a a a pet smart coupon book in the mail and one of them was like a day at doggy day camp and it was free and they're like we'll take them anywhere from 8 to 12 hours and we're like oh that's great like i would love you know a day without the dog as much as i love him um and so I'm not entirely convinced they do all that stuff with the dogs. <laughs> I mean, there's no proof. There's no proof, right? They like, okay, we're going to take Sonny back now. And then we picked him up at, you know, 7 p.m. I'm not convinced that they read to him. I'm not convinced that they blow bubbles in his face. I mean, they sent us some pictures, but it was just him hanging out with other dogs. I I am not sure that they do any of that stuff. Okay. I was picturing a bunch of crazy people in white tunics reading L. Ron Hubbard stories. <laughs> To these dog to a bunch of dogs who were just looking at him like, what are these people talking about? All no. right, that makes a little more sense. I feel a little better it's about it. It's just now. pet smart. And yeah, I mean, would you if if there was no like video feed, would you actually read to the dogs? No, I wouldn't. I would lie and I would just say that we read to them. So I'm not sure that he he got his story time yesterday. Regardless, he came back tired and sleepy, and that's all that mattered because then I didn't have to worry about him all day yesterday. That's all I care about when my kids are home from school. I don't care if they learned anything. It's if they're tired when they get home. Exactly. Exactly. All right, John, you have the real news of the week. I'll let you actually go first. Yeah, so real news of the week. Thank you. Uh, little baby Moransky. Uh, Leo was born this week, so it's been a pretty crazy week for me. A lot going on. And then there's a lot going on in the baseball world. Like, as this kid is being born, I'm like, you know, the first thing I get to tell him, I mean, he's a lot you know he's he was born like 10 minutes earlier and i'm telling him like the yankees smart enough and said don't pitch nestor cortez in the world baseball classic they pulled him out this kid was getting schooled on the yankees i mean 10 minutes out the womb and uh he's gonna get right you know bo both of my girls were great you know getting schooled on the yankees 10 minutes out the womb as well but so yeah it's been a crazy week um and then obviously like i said there was a lot of news going on i really want to touch on it really quick with uh just the failure of Brian Cashman, another failed trade, the Frankie Mountaus trade. The Yankees gave up a whole bunch of prospects for eight games from this guy. Uh, it was just a complete disaster. And funny enough, one of the guys he's traded for him, J.P. Sears, is a guy I wouldn't have minded seeing in the fifth, 
starter role this season. So it's just disaster from the Yankees. Uh, and my newborn baby has been hearing about it all week about how terrible Brian Cashman is and what a disaster of a trade that was. What matters most is that the answer is yes, Bleacher Brawls is and will be a family business. And we will still be putting out episodes in 30 years um, led by lead Yankees contributor, Baby Moransky. Better than I won't even be 50 in 30 years. So, oh my god, oh my god, (laughs) Pat's gonna have broken 100 by then. Exactly, Exactly. he's probably already now, he's already past 100. He'll be touching 200 by then. (laughs) All right, Luke, what's up with you? Uh, well, it's uh, congratulations to John. I'm gonna be able to lay eyes on little Leo. For the first time in uh well as of when this drops five days so i'm gonna be bringing my red Sox onesie and first chance i get i'm gonna once everybody's attention is elsewhere i'm gonna sneak into his room pull him into the bath so i'm gonna baptize him with the in the into red Sox nation with wearing that red Sox tunic john won't know about it but I'll have pictures of it, and there's nothing you can do. Once you're baptized in the eyes of the Lord, you can't take it back. Um, But things are going good. My dog almost died this weekend because I I almost smashed him in the head with a pipe because we have a nice wooden swing set in our backyard, and he has been gnawing on the bottom step of that swing set, the, the ladder that brings you up to the little area below the canopy where you board the slide. And he's been gnawing on that, on that bottom step. About a third of it is gone now. He has just about chewed the whole thing off. Um, so while we're talking about dogs, I just wanted to mention that I hate mine. And uh, it's only he's only 14 months old, and he may not live to see 15 months. Um, so other than that, I'm doing great. Meanwhile, my dog is an intellectual, okay? He has glasses. He reads, okay? Uh, So I don't want to hear it from you and your your mangly mutt, all right? Me neither. (laughs) So I get pet rocks. Derek, go ahead. What's up with you? (laughs) Oh, my God. Not much. Um, Honestly, like, literally, there hasn't been much going on. I've just been uh, planning. I'm going to start cooking for myself now because, no offense, my grandmother's cooking is falling off a cliff. So, and she only cooks like the same, like three or four things. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm cooking for myself now. So I've been meal prepping all this weekend since Thursday. So I've got our meals pretty much planned out for like the next like two, three weeks. So yay, I get to cook now, which I like doing. It's just, I don't like the time it takes because I'm lazy, but you know, ramen. Let's go. No. I'm not having ramen noodles every day. So, no, the thing is, I like to cook. I just don't like how long it takes. You know, it's like driving to a baseball game. It's like, I don't like, I want to go to the game, but I don't want it to be a two hour drive to get there. But I'll take the two hour drive if it means I get to go to the game. That's why you live 15 like minutes that. from Camden Yards. Mm. Yeah. Well, I wish I could choose where I live, but I, I can't. So, <laughs> that's that. <laughs> So unless I go to college in Tampa, but <laughs> me too. No. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, uh stuff's been going fine. I mean, I'm, we're just getting ready here. I'm getting ready, getting all this uh YouTube content kind of done out of the way. Uh, because we got our 40 videos in 40 days starting uh actually the day this goes up on Monday the 20th. Um got a couple WBC videos, then we have a first prospect pipeline, and then we're gonna jump into the team profiles. 
All right, cool. All right, now that we're caught up, let's jump into it. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, pitching already. John kind of alluded to it. Um, one thing I want to do is uh, talk about these rotations because now we've got a little bit of a Cortez injury. No Montas. Okay, we don't really know what's up with Bayo. Pavetta has COVID. Okay, so both both teams or had COVID rather. Both teams kind of have some um, some rotation questions. So we're going to do a little over under. Okay, and we're going to set the line at seventeen and a half. Okay, and we're going to go through each of these guys in uh, the rotation. We're going to try and bust this out. I know it's ten guys. But we're going to try and make it happen fast. Um, are each of these guys going to reach? Um, are they going to be over or under 17 and a half starts? Okay. Cause we've got some injury concerns, all that kind of stuff. You'll see what I mean when we jump into it. So let's start um, with, I think perhaps the biggest question mark of them all, Chris sale. Uh, will Chris sale make, uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to start that one over. Is Chris sale over or under 17 and a half starts? We're going to have to do some quick answers so we can bust through this. Luke, I'll start with you um, over under. Over just barely, more, more like around 20. His arm's fixed now, but he's already at that point, I think, where his body can't hold up over a season, even if his arm's feeling fine. Derek? Over, because he doesn't need to pitch eight innings to start, so I'm going over. Um, John, for you, Garrett Cole, I think we might know the answer to this one, 17 and a half, what you thinking? The suspense. I think Eric Cole is going over 17 and a half. Uh, he is kind of a workhorse and he does tend to make a lot of starts and not get injured. So hopefully that trend keeps up and we see him go over. So that's my goal, my prediction over. I'll hit you with, uh, we'll, we'll kind of loop this one. I'll hit you with Carlos Rodon. What do you think? Okay, there's the guy with some injury history. Uh, I am gonna, I'm gonna be optimistic on this one. First year of a big contract, he's got a lot to prove. We're going over. Okay. Don't ask me. It might be a different answer in year six of that contract. Okay. Sure. Sure. Fair enough. Um, this one we could do a whole. Pat saw some crap on Twitter this week that pissed him off, but we're not okay. Nick uh, Pavetta. Nick Pavetta. Uh, seventeen and a half starts. Derek, what do you think? Mm, this one's hard. This one is really hard. It's, I don't know how long he's going to be in the rotation. Oh my god! But I think someone gets injured, which allows him to stay in the rotation. So I'm going over, barely. Luke, he's gonna be in the rotation all year. That's all crap. He's he he'll get over over seventeen and a half. He's the one innings eater they have in that rotation, proven innings eater. So yeah, he's gonna go over. Yeah, this bullpen crap is gonna send me through the roof, and. uh I don't I don't have the time to get into it because I said we're gonna go fast, but boy oh boy. Um if somebody wants to get into it with me, I will another day. Uh Corey Kluber. This is an interesting one. I mean, this is a guy, former Cy Young winner, former game one World Series starter, but he's old now. So uh what do we think? Derek. Over. Easy. Okay, why easy? Give me a quick one sentence. He's gonna throw 150 innings next year. Okay. Cool. I'll take it. Luke? Under. Uh, he's not going to. Yeah, he's under. Um, uh, Cutter Crawford and James Paxton are going to be uh, earning their money 
uh, filling in for him because I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna pitch all that many games this year. I just don't have a good feeling about him. Interesting. Uh, let's go to some Yanks. Um, Severino, John, what do you think? Well, this is a really good one because he's kind of right on that line. Yeah. Severino made 19 <laughs> starts last season, uh, so it's close. It's going to be close. I'm predicting over. It's his last year with the uh, in his contract with the Yankees. He has a lot to prove. I think they're going to give him the Ferrari treatment again this coming season where they shut him down for a while to make sure he's healthy for the playoffs. I think he just goes like, you'll probably see the same thing. 1920 starts from Severino. Um, let's just hope if he doesn't get hurt, like I think that's how it plays out. So we're going to go over Severino barely over. Yeah. That's definitely a good line for him. I think um, it's a close call either way. Uh, Cortez. This is an interesting one. And I want to hear your thoughts on Okay, Cortez's injury. We'll do air quotes with that one. Oh, uh, okay. The Yankees pulled him out of the World Baseball Classic, as they should have. We'll get into that more later. So, that being said, I don't believe the guy's actually hurt. They had clips of him throwing bullpen sessions just the other day. Cortez is going over. Wow. All right, all right. I like the confidence. Um, Back to the Sox. Who's next? Uh, Garrett Whitlock. First full season, quote-unquote, in the rotation. We'll see if that shakes out. Luke, what do you think? Uh, I say over his first full season as a starting pitcher will yield good results and uh, show that we're going to have a good starting pitcher on our hands moving forward. He'll go over. I think this is an interesting line for Whitlock as well. 17 and a half. Derek, what do you think? Over. The only thing that worries me is injuries, but I think he's coming into the year fully healthy. So that's going to make me go over. I don't think he'll end up in the bullpen at all though this year. All right, last one for the Sox. Um, Brian Bayo. We talked about this on our on our uh, from Farm to Fenway episode, which was last week, in, in lieu of our normal Sunday night episode. Um, where's he going to start the year? He's got some forearm tightness now since we recorded that. This is an interesting line for him, Derek. What do you think? I'm going over. And I, I also can I also say can I also say this? I have over on Bayo on seventeen and a half. I'm actually going to go over on James Paxton too. I think there's a lot of guys in this team that make like 18 to 20 starts. There's going to be like four guys, four or five guys that are all in the 18 to 20 range. And there'll be like one guy that makes like 28 starts, but that's what, so I think overall you'll get your 162 starts from like a group of six or seven guys. And a lot of those guys will be in the 15 to 20 range. Interesting. All right. I'll take it. Luke. I had him over until yesterday. And now I'm going to say under for Bayo that forearm tightness is at, and in the past forearm tightness kind of leads to elbow issues, uh, which could be horrible, horrible news. Uh, I'm not going to go out on the limb and say he's going to have elbow problems this year, but I think if he's having forearm tightness in spring training, then the team's going to be really, really careful with him this year and they're not going to push it with him. So he'll end up with like 15 or so. So under. I'm not going to go this far. I'm not going to say that this is going to happen. But forearm tightness is always the phrase that we hear in the journey that eventually leads to Tommy John surgery. Um, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't want that to happen. Um, but it's definitely, it's it's like the go-to fake phrase for that. Let's hope it's actually just the real thing this time. Um, and then uh, last one, I guess, with with Montas out, we're looking at Domingo Herman, John, as, as starter number five. 
Um, does he stick around? Is there a trade? I think you're going to go under on this one, but I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, you're right. I am going to go under on this one just because Domingo Herman's been such a question mark. He does have good stuff. 2019, he you know he won he won 18 games in 2019, made something like uh, 24 starts in that season, and he's never really regained that magic since. I think he's going to start out as the fifth starter, and but really he's probably going to finish the season as a long man. Uh, so I'm guessing I don't know who's going to actually end up being the Yankees fifth starter: Herman, Clark Schmidt, whoever. Uh, but I'm going to go under on Herman. I just don't see him making all those starts. So I, I want to transition now, John, to your point about the World Baseball Classic and Cortez, because I think that, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the Red Sox seven guys for five spots thing. But what I think is interesting about the Yankees rotation is there's some interesting question marks here, right? You say that the Cortez injury is is a lie essentially to get him out of the world baseball classic. Um, so I guess my question, we, you know, we, we said that we were going to talk about this is should we be letting these guys that we rely on, on, you know, important players on key teams, or, or I guess it'd be key players on important teams uh, to, to play in this, to play in the world baseball classic, or do we start pulling them out one by one? The Yankees have kind of put their line in the sand there. Right. Um, and I want to hear some of your thoughts. So I'm glad I got a chance to talk about this. I had a lot of time to think about it while my wife was taking her sweet time in labor. But uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, made myself laugh on that one. Yeah, I had some time to think about this on Monday. I think really it breaks out. There's basically three tiers of teams in Major League Baseball. You have the teams that are going to be competing for the World Series. Teams like the Yankees, Astros, Mets, Graves, Dodgers, Padres. They're all competitors expect they want to win a World Series with older rosters. There is no reason why any of their players should be playing in the World Baseball Classic. They have too much to lose. On the flip side, you have teams that are not going to compete at all, like the Angels. Um, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani should both be in the World Baseball Classic. Like, who cares? I don't want to say who cares if they get hurt, but it's not going to change the Angels season regardless of what happens. And it's good to give them the exposure. So the teams... The, be- the bottom-feeding teams that aren't going to compete, like they should be sending their best players to the World Baseball Classic. Now, the third tier is kind of where it gets a bit interesting as I was thinking about it. There's teams that are young teams looking to make the next step, and that's where the real question arises. Like, teams like the Mariners, where you have Julio Rodriguez, like, do you want him to play in – these aren't playoff games, but they are high-exposure, high-pressure games. Like, do you want him to get that experience? A team like the Diamondbacks, they're looking to make a run. Do they want their young players or veteran players? Do they want these guys playing in the World Baseball Classic? Because you're looking to elevate and take the next step. So there's a benefit there to have them play these games. But at the same time, there's also the risk of players getting hurt. So I think those teams is the real question mark. It's like those kind of borderline teams. Like, we want to make the jump. Do these guys play or do they not play? Like, what's the risk reward for this? And then lastly, I think if – I don't think any pitcher should be pitching in the World Baseball Classic. Like, why would you risk that? Uh, and if you do, there should be some kind of – there should be something set up where maybe you they pitch starting pitchers that pitch in the World Baseball Classic basically don't pitch in July or August, and they get some time off to rest their arms because that's a lot of strain. So there's a lot going on with this. Obviously, as a Yankees fan, I don't want any of my players playing. I'm glad the Yankees made Nestor Cortez – bacon hamstring injury even when you heard him explain it like it's like okay this 
this is made up. Like the way he described it, like it, it didn't even sound like a real thing. Like he was just kind of like trying to make something up as he went along. So yeah, as a Yankees fan, don't want any of my players playing the World Baseball Classic. Any other team, though, do what you want. Derek, uh, he he name drops the Diamondbacks. I feel like it's only fair to go to you next. Here's, I'll, I'll keep my initial answer short and sweet, and then I'll explain. Let 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 them play. They want to play. There's no injury concerns. Let them play. And I say this all too from a fan's perspective. We want the whole point of the World Baseball Classic is that the, all the best players in the world, MLB or non MLB, because that's another big thing that Pat and I we covered. Uh, we recorded actually before this uh, today um, for our YouTube for the YouTube channel that's going up actually Monday of uh, the twentieth. So check that out. Um, at 1 p.m. Eastern, but it's a thing where we're seeing a lot, we're going to see a lot of players, MLB players, the elite MLB players, we're going to see a lot of elite players from around the world that haven't yet come over to the MLB, especially on Team Japan and Team Korea, where we can we can get to see them play against the other elite talent that is here in the U.S., in the MLB, and, you know, I don't want to see, you know, uh, uh, Jungkook Lee, who's the KBO MVP, come come over to the US, playing the World Baseball Classic, and he's playing against AAA guys because it's like, okay, then what's the point, right? And he's a guy who's going to be hitting free agency next year, and he's going to be posted to the US. Kind of want to see him. What about him in the finals? Let's say Korea makes goes gets the finals, and we see him roping a double off Sandy Alcantara, right? Or we see. The Japanese team and Roki Sasaki's pitching, and he strikes out a one, two, three of, you know, Trout, Betts, and Kyle Schwarber, or whatever it is. You know, that's the that's the that's the fun of the tournament. Is it always ideal in terms of could players get injured? Yes, players get injured, but players could get injured injured in spring training games or in a bullpen session or whatever. So if the player wants to play and the team is comfortable that. You know, they have no injury concerns for that player at that moment in time. Might as well let them play because what are they going to, because they're, it's whether you're playing in spring training games or playing in a world baseball classic and a lot, and a lot of players do want to play in the world baseball classic. So if they want to play, let them go. Luke, I'll let you wrap this one up. I would keep every player that makes $5 million or more per year out of the WBC. Absolutely. It's a, you're, I mean, baseball teams, they're a business and every business you have a, a, a factor of risk management that you need to take. You have to protect your assets, especially your big assets. No key player of mine would play in the WBC. I mean, that's great if they have uh, national pride or whatever. I mean, they can, I mean, these are major league baseball players. They're wealthy people. They're not all wealthy, but they have money. They can, you know, they during the off season they can tour all the little base, all the baseball camps in their country, and you know, give give all the kids a little pat on the back and show them how to bunt and whatever. But they don't have to show it against playing at a high level against some of the best players in the world. Because when you're playing, when you're one of the best players in the world, you're playing against the other best players in the world. You're not going to go half speed, three quarters speed. You're going to go balls to the wall. And that's when you, you, you turn your, you know, you, you destroy your ankle uh, trying to catch a ball in foul territory, or you, you, you tweak a knee rounding second base. Cause you're trying to get to third because uh, you represent the tying run in the finals or whatever. It's just, you, you need to protect your assets as a, as a company. And you have, your fans to think about too 
I, I mean, what percentage of Major League Baseball fans are even watching a single inning of the World Baseball Classic? And it, not, I, I would, I would disagree that as far as percentage wise, I would highly disagree on that. So, like, you have to answer to them too. And if Rafael Devers, uh, you know, uh, blows his knee out, like chasing after a foul ball in the WBC after they just committed 11 years, $330 million to him. That's a complete mess. And that ownership has to answer for in part because they could have just said, no, you can't go, or we'll give you a phantom injury so that you can't play. I wouldn't let Devers go. I wouldn't even let Alex Verdugo go. Uh, You know, why? Why take that risk? Especially in an environment that the Red Sox are in right now where half of the fan base hates ownership uh, for some reason. So uh, you've got to consider all factors there and the success of the major league team so far outweighs the success of the national team in the WBC. It, that cannot be overstated enough. They should just have, they should just, I wish they would just ban all major league players from the WBC. Let the, let the minor leaguers or, and let the amateurs play in it like in the Olympics and just let's stop messing around with this. We've seen good players get injured in the WBC before, and they're they're essentially exhibition games. They really don't matter. No Rafi, it's an MLB event. No Kike, no Verdugo. Yeah, but Jaron Duran, you can go play. <laughs> Duran can play. Dahlbeck can play. Dahlbeck can play every single inning. He can pitch. <laughs> You know, whatever. Like, there's a lot of minor league players that, yeah, just go. Have a Coke and a smile. Enjoy yourself. You know, represent your country. But nobody that we are paying seven figures to is allowed to go. If if anything, it's probably good exposure for those minor league players. Like, let's go see what they can do against some, like, high-level competition. And I think the, another point that Derek made that I think, like, yeah, you, these guys can get hurt just, like, uh, you know, throwing batting practice. You know, Mariano Rivera blew out his knee, shagging fly balls in center field, lost a year off the end of his career. But at least, like, that stuff happens. I think the team would look at it as, like, well, it happened while they were doing it for us. Like, okay, he blew out his arm in a bullpen session, but he did it a while under our, like, supervision. So I think that's might be what changes it. Um, but, you know, I get, like, players wanting to play and play for country pride, but you have other responsibilities, too. You know, um, I think there have been guys that came in at the end of their careers when they were kind of done and went and played in the World Baseball Classic. I think that happened with the first World Baseball Classic, I believe. It was Al Leiter was with the Yankees, and they're like, don't pitch. And even though he's just kind of a lefty specialist at the end, he just wanted to do it. And that was the end of his career. He went, he pitched in the World Baseball Classic, and then he retired. Uh, And just a quick shout-out to Gary Sheffield, who I always liked. Uh, that first World Baseball Classic, I remember them asking him about it, and his response was, my season's when I get paid. And I've kind of always loved that quote since then. Hell yeah. That's your that's your biggest responsibility. And, um, like, <clears throat> what are we – oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, shoot, never mind. <laughs> that's fine. I'll Don't transition mind. us anyway. Um, uh, I want to hit this one quickly because I know we have – Wait a minute. Okay, I remember. I remember. Oh, okay, ahead. sorry, sorry. We've got we're we've got contracts in there's language in these guys' contracts that say they can't ride motorcycles, they can't go, they can't go rock climbing, they can't go skiing and stuff. But yeah, go play this sport that's really hard to do, that takes a lot of wear and tear on your body. Go do this 
for something that's completely unrelated to us. And, you know, we'll just keep our fingers crossed. Like, I mean, I mean, no, it's in some small way affiliated with major league baseball, but that is not going to play playing in the WBC is not going to impact is not going to positively impact your win. The win total of the major league team, your employer one bit. And like, it depends on how you look is- at it though. Because I will say though, you have certain guys who are slow starters for the year who all don't get going until like May or whatever. They do play competitive games, maybe get some go quicker. Because there, there are guys who are like that. It just depends on if you're the team and you're and the player asks you to play and you're looking at this guy like, yeah, we're paying him a lot of money, yada yada yada. But we have no concerns. We we know he's healthy. We don't have any concerns about him getting injured. A guy like Devers, for example, he's gonna DH for the DR. He's not playing the field. So you also take that into consideration. You go what and go. You know what? It's only DHing for them. It's not playing the field. And also too, I believe teams can go to like the let's say for Devers to the DR. The Red Sox can go to them and say we'll only let him play if he DHs. I'm pretty sure they can do that if they want it. Now then, it's up to the DR, whoever the GM of that team is, to say we'll we'll agree to that or not. But I'm pretty sure they can do that too. But how are you if you're the Padres and you're so desperate to win a World Series before this whatever owner croaks because he's they're all in trying to win a championship uh, before that guy dies? Like you're gonna put Manny Machado at third base uh, playing against Guatemala uh, and maybe and maybe uh, you know catch a ball you know catch a bad hop in his eye and breaks his orbital orbital bone or, or something like that. I'm like, whoops. Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's, that's also one of those things that like, it could happen in practice. So I think that sure, it's but a thing, like John it's, it's said, risk, if it's, it's happening, risk, if it's you know, happening for you or if it's happening for something that you would rather, none of these guys want, want their players playing in the WBC. And they're all doing this like before, like so out of season, like they're, they're doing, you're doing this a month before you're usually ready to play. Like, I mean, that has to factor into it as well. I've always thought if you're going to do the World Baseball Classic, why not just shut down the season, like, you know, for two weeks in the middle of the year and, like, everybody's kind of in, like, in their healthy, like, routines. I don't know. Like the NHL does. Right, like the NHL does. Again, I still want to be a fan, but, like, I just think there's – playing it this early is – I've always thought was a huge mistake. I I don't they have to play it that early though because you can't do it in the middle of the year because because then the MLB can't play 162 because then you got to start the season like beginning of March or it ends in like November or something crazy no not like the beginning of November like it does now like you're going to like the end of November um or also tell us too though the other big problem is they want the players to come over from Japan and come over from Korea and come over from other leagues in the world so you can have all the best players and then, so now you're going to try and get the MLB to tell them, no, you have, we want you to stop your season as well. That's not going to go over. That's not going to go, probably go over well. It's either. the World Baseball Classic. Why should MLB do it if the other leagues aren't going to do it, you know? Well, the other leagues are doing it. That's the thing. It's an MLB event, I'm pretty sure, but you, you they are, they do have players coming over from other leagues. And that's, that's why they can't do it in the middle of the year because they can't, they're not going to get the other leagues to, stop their uh, season and i don't think the mlb would and the mlb would want to stop their season in the middle of it and you guys mentioned like devers is just going to dh but you know like he doesn't have the best body type he looks like he's going to get fat and probably after signing that contract he's going to get a lot fatter like that's not a guy i'd want rounding the bases he's got to run the bases you can strain an oblique swinging <laughs> all right guys that was that was a show, that's for sure. Uh, we're gonna wrap that one up, and we're gonna 
I think just transition now to our, our final little game we want to play. Um, Luke, I'm, I'm going to let you introduce this one because not only is it your invention, but I, I think it's so damn clever. I don't want to pretend uh, that I came up with it. I want you to have your, your moment. Okay. So uh, this game is called Passion or Cash In. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk, we're going to take a list of players from the Red Sox and a list of players from the Yankees. So these are all players who are either on that team right now or who just left that team in this off season or late last season. And we're going to try and determine what, what motivates each of these players are, are each of these guys are they motivated motivated by the passion, the love of the game, their love of the team that they're playing for? And are they out there just to show just to, you know, to really play hard, uh, to be real team players and to help their team win at all costs? Are they all about the passion or are they going for are each of these guys just going for the paycheck? Are they just looking to showcase their skills to get their value up as high as they possibly can. And, and just, uh, are they using baseball basically to make as much money as they possibly can? So are they all about the passion or they, or are they looking to cash in? Great. So let's, uh, let's jump into it. Um, we'll start with the Yankees, Aaron judge, just signs a big fat contract and he's already taken grounders at first base in spring training. I know, I know, I know. They say, eh, he's just having fun, but why, why, why hey, would Alex he do Verdugo that? Alex did it for the Red Sox too. I'm, so I'm just, I'm just saying it's, it's suspicious to me. It's suspicious that, uh, you know, judges corners isn't going to wrap up sooner rather than later. John, go ahead. A source told me he tweaked a hammy stretching for a ball at first base in practice. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, you guys believe that, but do you think Nestor Cortez is really hurt? Um, I mean, come on. I think Judge, it's a passion. I mean, he just, he seems to love it. He's really, like, during that whole home run chase last year, he really seemed to eat it off. He just seemed to be loving life. To me, he seems happy playing the game, um, always seems to be smiling out there. I have to think the Judge is doing it for a passion. Uh, do we have time for some Sox guys to weigh? And I think we do. I'll, 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 I'll let the primary team guy go, and then everybody else gets their one sentence. Luke, what do you think? I he just signed a nine-year contract for three hundred and sixty million dollars. He's making forty million dollars a year right now, and he went as far as to get on an airplane and fly out to. Was it San Diego just because that's where the meetings were? Or did he fly to San Francisco? Yeah, he, he, flew to, he, he flew to San Francisco and his wife, he had his wife shoot a video on her phone being like, hey, hey, we're in San Francisco. What are you doing? Like, ah, nothing. San I'm just saying. He flew to San Diego and then went out to Hawaii. That's kind of like he went home. It was very, like, I agree. It was very premeditated and yes. planned. But I don't think it was like, but it was also made sense. You know, he's from San Francisco. He's going home. 
then he was on his way out to Hawaii. So why not stop in San Diego? And just because he makes a lot of money doesn't mean it's all about the money. You can make them like if I played, I'd want all the money I could get too, but I'd still be doing it for a passion. Yeah, I know that doesn't mean he's not doing it for the passion. But with, with the with the shenanigans about trying to tease the Yankees and the thinking he's going, um, I'm. It's hard. That's that's the hard. That might be the hardest one in this. Like I, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Cashin. He 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 doesn't give a damn about the pinstripe. I'm disagreeing with that, and I'm on And I'm disagreeing too. with that wow. too. <laughs> I I I I'll say this real quick. I think yes, Judge, you know, had the whole thing. Oh, I'm going to Stanford, whatever. It doesn't matter. I think he just wanted to be paid what he felt he was worth, and he got that from the Yankees. And so he was more than happy to stay because he could have easily gone to San Francisco and said, you're my hometown team, just match whatever the Yankees give me and I'll come and play for you. And he didn't do that. I think he has passion for baseball, for the game of baseball, and I think he does have passion just for the Yankees too. Um, so I'm going with passion. He did go to the Giants. He just did it in the guise of his alter ego arson judge. <laughs> Derek, uh, Derek, you're fired. Um, doesn't seem like the show for you. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> um, we'll go to you next for uh, for Devers. Uh, similar situation. Big fat contract. We know what John thinks. John thinks he's just going to let himself go. Pablo Sandoval style. Um, <laughs> what do you think, Derek? Uh, well, first, someone needs to tell Chipotle to start making healthy food and get rid of all the other stuff they have please um because they probably built one in his backyard without extension uh no i think Devers is a passion guy you, you see it on the field and you see how he's always smiling and he's happy and he, he had that quote in batting practice when i forget what year it was but he was there with tim hires and he's like it's like i'm happy i play baseball and i hit dingers like that's just rappy he just he's just happy to be playing baseball that's what it seems that's what it seems like so he's a passion guy luke um, yeah, I'll say, I'll say Devers is a passion guy. He, well, he's a passion guy for baseball, but I think he's a cash in guy for the Red Sox. So as far as the Red Sox go, I think I got to go cash in because he was, he was up front right away. He wanted, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I want, he wanted over $300 million and I think he loves to play baseball, but he's from the Dominican. It's not like he's from Saugus, you know, he's from the Dominican Republic. He, I think he would play uh just as hard and love every minute of it if he was playing for the reds as he would for the red Sox. so i'm actually gonna go with uh i'm, I'm actually gonna call devers a cash in guy luke's gonna get torched <laughs> i think you're honest with luke i think that he knew that he was gonna get this money from this team and uh and he was gonna hold out for it cincinnati's not giving that kind of money you know um john I pablo think- sandoval style I think I do think Devers is a passionate guy. I think he plays the game for the love of baseball, but I also think he's very, very passionate about Dunkin' Donuts, Boston Cream Donuts. Like I do think he's very passionate about Boston in that sense. I think he's very passionate about New England clam chowder and that bread bowl. I'll go for one of those right now. So yeah, I think he's very passionate about that too. So passionate about baseball, passionate about getting fat. Nobody goes to Dunkin' Donuts for the donuts. If they go into Dunkin' hey, Donuts, hey, they're going for the breakfast sandwiches. The coffee. No, it's for breakfast sandwiches <laughs> and donuts and chocolate milk. All right, we're going to do – oh, my God. Oh, my God. They don't <laughs> have 52-ounce servings of chocolate do milk. Do you they buy chocolate milk, like, at places like that? Like, do they just have, like – Yeah, they have chocolate milk. Chocolate they, milk I mean, on tap? They have chocolate milk, and they have, like, a, the bottle of chocolate milk. <laughs> in the, in the, oh, like, where they have, like, the <laughs> 
Oh, it's yeah, bottle. bottle. Okay. <laughs> I, I need to get. A, I need to find a chocolate cow. <laughs> give me a tall. Give me a tall boy of chocolate milk. <laughs> okay. A double um, shot of Hershey's syrup. We're gonna do. We're gonna do two more each. I think is what we have the time for. Um, I I have a uh, one that is a recent Red Sox departure that many people will be upset about. Um, Mookie Betts 2.0. His name is Mr. Xander Bogarts. He's now wearing the um, oh-so-sexy brown and dark yellow in San Diego, which is such a good look on everybody. Um, and uh, and he walked away. Sam Kennedy said, I guess we could have offered him 12 years. And then the rest of the thing that he didn't say was, but we were never going to freaking do that. Um, what do you think? Passion or cash-in? Uh, he's no longer a member of the Boston Red Sox. Luke, what do you think? That was John Henry who said that. I think Sam Kennedy's oh, a little thank more... You. A little too media savvy. You're right. You're uh, right. You're to right. say he could have done that. Um, uh, Bogart Bogarts is a passion guy. Um, he, I think he, I don't think he wanted to go to free agency, but I'm not one of these sycophants who seem to think that uh, th- this rumor, these rumors drive me crazy. Like that. Uh, oh, he would have gotten if he got a de- if he was offered a deal similar to Trevor Story's 6 year 140 million dollar deal he would have stayed if they offered him that back in uh spring training never would have happened Kyle uh, Corey Seager had just signed a 10 year 325 million dollar deal in November in November uh he was not going to take less than 8 or maybe 9 years uh in spring training he wanted to go to free agency he wanted to make his money but look in the prime of his career, when he was 27, he took a six-year deal with an opt-out after three. So I think he proved he's um, he's he's a passion guy. Uh, he's not he wasn't just in it to cash in, but you know, for this for this 30-year-old contract, he wanted to make some money. You know, I I think he he wanted to be with the Red Sox. He loved being with the Red Sox. He would have loved to be here for for the rest of his career. But you know, I can't blame him for turning down. 11 years, $280 million. Um, but yeah, passion. Derek, what do you think? If the answer isn't passion, like you don't know anything about Xander Bogarts because he tried going back to the Red Sox when the Padres offered 11 was 11 to 80 and the Red Sox were like over a hundred million dollars less than that. And they were offered and he tried going back to the Red Sox and seeing if the Red Sox would even get close to that. So, and Scott Boris just told him, like, they're not getting anywhere near that. Like, they've pretty much given you what they're willing to give you, and that's it. And to be fair, Boris was probably right about that. But the fact that Bogart still was even willing, getting an offer over $100 million more than what the Red Sox were offering. And he's like, I still want to see what they could maybe give me because I still I, – the money's cool and whatever, but I'd rather play for this team. I like playing here. I, I love the fans here. So I think for Bogarts, it has to be passion. I think for everything you just said, Derek, I think you could use all of those same reasons to say that it's a cash in. Um, but uh, we don't have the time to get into that. So, John, I'll let you weigh in on the Xander thing. Yeah, I mean, I would love to be able to trash talk Bogarts. But, I mean, I have to be fair. I'd be losing all credibility if I said otherwise. He's always come across as a passion guy to me. I hated seeing him in the batter's box. When the Yankees faced in, he cared. I mean, he really cared. So definitely a passion guy. All right, I'll hit you with the Yankee. Let's do 
Garrett Cole sitting on a big fat contract. I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, another big fat contract, but Garrett Cole is a passion guy. I mean, this guy lives and breathes baseball. Uh, his entire existence revolves around baseball. Uh, he's wanted to pitch, be a pitcher for the Yankees since he was a kid, as we all know. Uh, he married a softball player who catches for him even when she's pregnant. You know, uh, she'll, he, they, I've seen online videos of his wife, Amy Crawford, Brandon Crawford's sister, uh, Amy Cole now, catching for him, like squatting down like seven months pregnant and catching. Sounds like That sounds like child endangerment. Yeah, I don't know. I, he's got good control. She knows what she's doing. So, I mean, this guy, his entire existence is all about baseball. I know he hung out with Masahiro Tanaka. He was really, really tight with, always going out to dinner, always talking baseball. I know the reason the Yankees brought in Jameson Tyone was because these guys were tight and, like, just all they did was talk baseball, like how to approach hitters. And just, like, it was just a constant, like, trying to evolve this game. And, I mean, Cole's always trying to work out new pitches and different, like, different grips. The guy just cares so much about baseball that despite the huge contract, he is definitely a passion guy. Now I know why Cole throws the ball so accurately. He gets free, uh, free target practice all the time. Luke. I think it's so funny that John mentioned online videos because all I can think of is the online video of him like trying to address the Yankees. Thank you. I was just thinking the same like, thing. He goes over to the list. He has written out. Yeah. So, um, uh, and he just kind of shrugs. He literally <laughs> says, I don't know what to say. Because he's so busy focusing on baseball, he's got time to be over here. Come on, guys. For Pete's sake. Oh, for Pete's sake. I'm just so passionate about putting spider tack all over the baseballs. I think I I, I agree he's passionate. I just think he's such a doofus. Like, he's he's just such a nerdy kind of dude. It's hard. It's hard to look at a picture of him and think passion. That's did, all. So did Bauer hate Cole because uh, Cole was nerdier than him, or did Bauer hate Cole because Cole was just as nerd, almost as nerdy as him, and it made Bauer feel insecure? I never Cole heard of this. Did they hate Bruce each Bauer. other? Bauer. Yes, Bauer. They, they hate each other. They were teammates they hate in each other. In- yeah, UCLA teammates. They hated each other. They almost had. They had fights in college where teammates would have to break them up. The 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 best two pitchers on the team just hated each other's guts. This is like yes. the Will Clark Wait, and I'm Rafael sorry. Palmero thing. In college, yeah, exactly. Like Will Clark and Rafael Palmero. In college, I guess like the big day in co- I could be wrong, but I think it's Friday. It's like the big day where like your star pitcher pitches on Fridays in college. Like that's just division yes. one of college. And Trevor Bauer was always hated the fact that Garrett Cole was the Friday pitcher and not him. And I could be wrong. I could be, I could have Friday and Saturday mixed up, but like Cole pitched Fridays, Bauer pitched Saturdays and Bauer was insanely jealous. And that was the whole thing when they're like, when Bauer is a free agent and they're like, are the Yankees, the Yankees didn't even talk to him. They knew they couldn't bring him in. They, yeah. They, they, they <laughs> yeah. yeah I, re- I remember Bauer threw at his teammates at practice that like that were friends with Cole. I remember I've heard that. Wait, I'm I had sorry. no um, idea Bauer was such a piece of garbage. <laughs> like who's, who's that's Bauer? why no one wants I'm not familiar. him. Familiar? I don't know. That's anyway, why no one on. wants him. Um, <laughs> never heard of him. Um, let's do uh one more Red Sox. Oh, gosh, I wanted to do Sale. Okay, do Sale. Do Sale. We'll do Sale. Okay. Um, Chris Sale. He's been uh, I mean, you can't say he hasn't been cashing in the past couple of years. Uh, trying to get back. 
Uh, Luke, what do you think? It's it's he's certainly been cashing in for doing. He's been making more money for less dates than Brock Lesnar the last like five years. But he's he he's definitely he plays for the passion of the game. You you always knew that guys kind of kind of crazy competitive. He he cut up all those those jerseys in Chicago. Like I mean, he's just. He he's just so laser focused. That World Series game, um, was it Game Four or Game Three, where the Red Sox? Uh, yeah, it was Game Four, the one after the eighteen inning game, um, where he the Red Sox weren't hitting off of uh, Rich Hill. You know, saying this guy's got two effing pitches. This guy's got two f. Like you can tell, he's really respected. He's 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 a leader in the clubhouse when he's actually healthy um, and that he's only thinking about, but he doesn't, he doesn't shake off the catcher. He's looking to throw. He, well, when he, before he got all his injuries, he was looking to throw eight, nine innings every game. Um, you know, he loves it. He always says the right thing. I've never heard him say anything in the media, even close to anything other than exactly what you want a pitcher to say. Um, I mean, passion, he's complete, complete, passion even though he's been making so much money for doing not a damn thing for the past three years i mean i i don't fault him or his personality or at all for it i mean passion derek passion because he's saving himself to win the site i'm joking but okay no he is he is a passion guy. not no one's saying i was just gonna make a joke about how he's saving been saving himself to win the Cy Young this year because he hasn't won one yet but uh no he's he's 100 a passion guy Yes, like we said, he's been cashing in on pretty much checks for doing not much, doing DoorDash, I guess, um, or Uber Eats or whatever he's doing. But um, no, he's 100% a passion guy. And that 2018 World Series proves it because pitch it. Did, did he pitch? Yeah, he pitched game one. Then there, then he's firing up everyone in the dugout in game four. And then game five. He, he was originally slated to pitch. They they pulled him because of injury. And then at the end of game five, he just straight up went, I'm coming in if you need me in the ninth inning. I'll be ready. I don't care about this injury nonsense or whatever. If you need me, I'm ready. So that, that feels like passion to me. John. Guys, Aaron Hicks hit one hard, solid ball all season long. Do you know why? Because Chris Sale grooved it to him trying to get out of the season so he could go home and collect his paycheck. Like, mm-hmm. The guy is a cashing guy. Come on. Like, how do you let Aaron Hicks, of all people who barely made any kind of strong contact all season, hit a rocket back at you the way he did? He was trying to get out. Hey, every MLB player gets lucky now and again. It was a genius plan <laughs> for on sales part. All right, last that's one. Why Red Sox, that's why the Red Sox have secret agent Frankie Montas on the Yankees. Oh, my God. Former uh, Red Sox prospect. Well done, Frankie. John, which one do you want to do last? Uh, pick your final passion or cash in. Surprise me with Stanton or Donaldson. All right, let's do <laughs> do Donaldson. Do Donaldson. Do I want to hear yeah, a little bit guy, about Donaldson. Hawkeye. Let's do Donaldson. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> cash in or passion? You know, I it's crazy because I don't like Josh Donaldson, and I'd love to say he's a cashing guy um but like i don't know he could have just took his money and gone home after that whole tim anderson fiasco thing this season i'm sure nobody in the clubhouse wanted him back They're like you just 
just get rid of him. Um, and the fact that despite the fact that he embarrassed himself and was like everybody in Major League Baseball hated him, um, he still for some reason came back. And I don't know why it, it didn't seem like he was welcome in the clubhouse. He certainly wasn't welcomed by the fans. Um, he wasn't welcomed by opposing teams. And the guy still showed up. It's like, why? Like, if everybody hates you that much, why are you still showing up? I, it has to be passion. It's passion or stupidity. I, I don't know which of the two. Because if he retires, you won't get paid. That's yeah, why. it's a breach of contract if you don't show up. Well, I mean, they, if they yeah, Eduardo home, Rodriguez. Yeah, we don't want you back, so just stay home. Like, is the way. <laughs> yeah, maybe that is. Maybe it isn't. Like, it was just he was afraid of being in breach of contract, and that's why he showed up. Okay. Luke and then Derek. Uh Donaldson. Uh... Yeah, I I think I think passion it's completely misplaced because it it shows in all the wrong ways. Like he's he's so douchey, he's so tone deaf. He's like he's that guy at the party that like you know is just doesn't get why nobody likes him. He's trying to be friendly with everybody. He's trying to joke around with everybody, but he always says the wrong thing, and he always just he he just doesn't get it. He just doesn't get how to interact with people. It's but he does seem to be passionate. He gets fired up about stuff. He's the he'll be the loudest voice in the Yankees clubhouse this year. He's a passionate guy. Derek? Um, Does anyone remember when Josh Donaldson went to the Braves and everyone was like, oh, like, this is somewhat of a homecoming because Atlanta somewhat... Donaldson lives in Pensacola, so he was born and grew up there. So it's not super close to Atlanta, but it's a lot closer than Tampa or Miami or any other team. So it's like, oh, it's somewhat kind of close. And the Braves, he goes, has a big kind of mini resurgence, one-year deal there, does great. And the Braves are like, we'd love to have you back. Okay, cool, screw you, I'm going to Minnesota on a four-year deal. That's what he did to Minnesota. That's what he did to the Braves. All that for giving him another chance, giving them, they gave him like a one-year deal for like $18 million, and then he just said, screw you, I'm out of here, which worked out pretty well for the Braves because it gave Austin Riley a free path to play third base every day. So I guess it worked out for the Braves. Um I think Donaldson has passion, but I think his passion isn't necessarily for the game of baseball. I think his passion is more so, I don't like anyone. No one likes going to like me. I don't care. Give me my damn money. And his passion is, I will play well because it's going to make me as much money as possible. So that's where his passion lies. I think he's a little bit of both, but if I had to lean one way, it'd be a passion if I had to lean one way. John, I'll let you wrap this one up. Yeah, I was going to say, as Luke was talking, it reminded me of something I think that really applies to uh, Josh Donaldson. It was it has to do with something, a conversation between Bud Bundy and Jimmy Bundy, where Jimmy Bundy says, you know, like, maybe I'm just in love with being in love, or maybe I'm too stupid to learn from my own mistakes. And Bud's like, well, maybe you're just in love with being stupid. And I think the way Luke was describing Josh Donaldson, maybe Josh Donaldson is just in love with being stupid. He's the guy who pulls out the guitar and at the at the party in college like everyone's having a good time he's gonna pull out his guitar and he's like hey guys guys hey i want to play some tunes for you and everyone's <laughs> like oh god and they're all come and they're on all awful 
And uh, I know we're wrapping this game up, but I'm just going to do Evaldi myself. Cash in. The one thing people would argue against that would be that throwing the six innings of relief. Well, that was a contract. He was in a contract year, and directly because he threw six innings uh, of relief uh, to save the Red Sox pitcher's arms in the World Series in, 2000, in Game 3 in the 2018 World Series, he got a four-year, $60 million contract off of that he does not do that if that's not a contract year and by the way in those four years two of those years he was healthy for the whole season and one of those two seasons where he was healthy was a 60 game season so Evaldi is a cash in guy now can I ask this question with Nate Evaldi game four of the 2018 World Series what was he doing the day after he threw 90 something pitches out of the bullpen apparently he said he was ready to he was ready to go no, he wasn't just ready to go. He was warming up in the bullpen. What do you do in Game 5 in the World Series? Hmm. He was warming up in the bullpen until Chris Sale was getting ready for the ninth inning. Right. That sounds like, I mean, yes, definitely. definitely in a contract in. year. Oh, well, yeah, contract year. But, I mean, that's also contract year when he's got, that he's, contract. he's got a Tommy John surgery, a lot of injury history on his side. I got to show these guys something or else I ain't going to get paid a damn thing. Carlos Rodon had injury history. He performs his last year, then goes to San Fran, contract year, great year, and now it's with the Yankees signed a big deal. It doesn't mean he's a cashing guy. Just, you know, performing well in a contract year with injury history does not mean you're a cashing guy. Not necessarily. Evaldi was. I don't think so. <laughs> All right, we're gonna wrap, we're gonna wrap it up before these two go on forever. Um, any final words, things coming up on the YouTube channel, things coming up on the website, and then we wanna hit uh before we wrap it up. Open floor. Uh, YouTube channel. We got a lot of big stuff planned. We have uh, so our 40 videos in 40 days. It will start Monday, February 20th. So this podcast is going up on the 20th too. So for whenever you're seeing this podcast, the 40 videos in 40 days will be going on. It starts Monday, February 20th. We have two WBC videos coming out on the 20th and 21st. Wednesday is our first prospect pipeline. Prospect pipelines run every Wednesday throughout the whole entire season, throughout the whole entire regular season. Um, and then starting on Thursday, the was it the twenty second or the twenty third? Uh, Thursday, the twenty third starts our team profile series. We'll be covering all thirty MLB teams. That goes from the twenty third just until just before opening day, the Tuesday before opening day. Then on opening day, we have planned our pendulum, our pendulum roundtable, and then on Friday, the day after opening day, we will have our first Red Sox and Yankees uh, video of the year. So 40 videos in 40 days. We're going to have a lot of, a lot of fun on the YouTube channel. So uh, make sure to check it out. Uh, Bleacherbrawls.com. Um, I uh, check out my column uh, that I, that went up last Tuesday about Kike Hernandez being the uh, leader of this uh, Red Sox team in 2023 and why, how he ended up getting to that uh, ascending to that title and uh, I'll also I'll have another one going up uh, this coming Tuesday about um, who the core four will be for the Red Sox, assuming there's a core four like everyone said about the old Yankees teams with uh, Pettit and Jeter and Rivera and Bernie Williams. Well, if this Red Sox team in 2023 has a core four, find out who that's going to be uh, Tuesday afternoon uh, on BleacherBrawls.com. 
I've got a piece coming later this week uh, that is the five essential boxing movies, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. I think it's a good piece for our site. This is uh, news to Luke right now that that piece is going to come out on Wednesday, I think. <laughs> um, uh, but that'll be a fun one, and uh, it's not going to be the list that you think it's going to be. Um, Rocky, one, comes... two, three, four, and five. Yeah, you know, no. Oh, I, That's I the sp- only ones I know of. I don't want to spoil anything, but I have put a, a, a Rocky limit on things. Um Anybody else? Last call. Good to go. It All doesn't right. have to do with Bleacher Brawls. I guess maybe it does. But with the XFL kicking off the season and no teams in New York or Boston, I think me and Luke might be rooting for the same team for pretty much the first time ever as the San Antonio Brahmas lost. But I don't know who else we'd be rooting for in the XFL. That's got to be the Rock's flagship team, right? He's the owner. Like, I mean, the Brahma Bulls, that's, I mean, that's got to be his, his team. The script is looking good for San Antonio. <laughs> you're, you're talking to a DC Defenders fan right here. In fact, one that will be at the game on March 5th and one that will be writing about it for BleacherBrawls.com in a couple of weeks. Um, the XFL is going to go bankrupt again in like two years and no, <laughs> everyone's going to forget about it. That'll be longer than it did the either the <laughs> It'll first be a new time. record. <laughs> That's why I said two years. They'll make sure it goes past yeah. the first year. Then they'll be like, the Rock's going to be like, eh, I don't care about this. I'll go back and make a movies. All right, let's wrap it up. Um, lots of fun stuff coming up. We got this pod a couple days a week. Uh, YouTube channel, like Derek said, fun stuff, website, uh, different kinds of stuff, Sox, Yankees, boxing this week, XFL in a couple weeks. Um, lots of cool stuff on there. Um, we're going to wrap it up. So uh, for John, for Luke, for Derek, my, my name is Patrick. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. I hate it when nobody says anything. I'm always like, Ruptured testicles. Okay, thank you. <laughs>